Good morning. Our reading this morning is John chapter 3, and we'll be reading from verse 1. Now there was a Pharisee named Nicodemus, a leader of the Jews. He came to Jesus by night and said to him, Rabbi, we know that you are a teacher who has come from God, for no one can do these signs that you do apart from the presence of God. Jesus answered him, Very truly I tell you, no one can see the kingdom of God without being born from above. Nicodemus said to him, How can anyone be born after, after having grown old? Can one enter a second time into the mother's womb and be born? Jesus answered, very truly I tell you, no one can enter the kingdom of God without being born of water and spirit. What is born of flesh is flesh, and what is born of the spirit is spirit. Do not be astonished that I said to you, you must be born from above. The wind blows where it chooses, and you hear the sound of it, but you do not know where it comes from or where it goes. So it is with everyone who is born of the Spirit. Nicodemus said to him, How can these things be? Jesus answered him, Are you a teacher? <coughs> Excuse me, are you a teacher of Israel, and yet you do not understand these things? Very truly I tell you, we speak of what we know and testify to what we have seen, for you do not receive our testimony. If I have told you about earthly things and you do not believe, how can you believe if I tell you about heavenly things? No one has ascended into heaven except the one who ascended from heaven, the Son of Man. And just as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, so must the Son of Man be lifted up, that whoever believes in him may have eternal life. For God so loved the world that he gave his only Son, so that everyone who believes in him may not perish, but may have eternal life. Indeed, God did not send his Son into the world to condemn the world, but in order that the world might be saved through him. Those who believe in him are not condemned, but those who do not believe are condemned already, because they have not believed in the name of the only Son of God. And this is the judgment, that the light has come into the world, and people loved darkness rather than light, because their deeds were evil. For all who do evil hate the light, and do not come to the light, so that their deeds may not be exposed. But those who do what is true come to the light, so that it may be clearly seen that their deeds have been done in God. This is the word of the Lord.
Good morning, everyone. And a special good morning to my uncles and aunties who've all turned up just, just in time to hear me preach. It was a total coincidence, but it's a lovely coincidence nonetheless. So I'm Rachel and I work here at St. Tom's as the Children's and Families Ministries Coordinator. So last week, uh, John shared from us from John chapter 2, Jesus is the true temple, the place where God and his people meet as one. And this week we meet Nicodemus. Nicodemus and Jesus meet and Nicodemus is confronted with a mystery. Not a puzzle, not a murder mystery, not a maths problem. All of those have answers. Nicodemus has questions and is standing at the precipice of something significant. And we too are confronted with this type of mystery. And there are two things we can do. We can penetrate its background, but then we will ultimately realise that this mystery will remain obscure, but it has the remarkable capacity of illuminating other things. The purpose of this account of Nicodemus and Jesus and the other personal interactions Jesus will have with different people in the coming chapters of John is that Jesus is not just the true temple but is also the Lord of our hearts. There's something quite extraordinary about a deep and meaningful conversation. You're no longer talking about the weather or the TV show or your pets. There's a closeness a vulnerability and depth between you and the other. Dreams, hopes, spirituality are shared and valued. Clarity or wonder or transformation may take place. And for some of us, that might happen with a stranger on a plane or over a meal with a loved one. And for me, it was when I met my friend Trish in a tent. And we entered a deep and meaningful conversation that turned into a lifelong friendship. In some ways, this is what's happening with Nicodemus and his encounter with Jesus. Nicodemus is meeting a new friend, one that will change his life, change his heart, and open his eyes to a new way of living. For Jesus and Nicodemus, their deep and meaningful takes place at night in a quiet room. Nicodemus is curious, and he has been watching Jesus for some time. And Nicodemus may have been nervous, as he was an important Jewish leader, a Pharisee, and he was approaching Jesus, a questionable character who was developing quite the reputation. And it may have gone something like this. I don't know where to start. I have so many questions. Shall we sit first? Oh, yes. Go, go, Many wandering preachers have succeeded in gathering crowds with their rhetoric and fiery tone. I've heard a few of them over the years myself. So you know the type. But I have never heard anyone tell a paralytic to get up and walk, much less it actually happened. So what is your conclusion? I believe you are not acting alone. No one can do these signs you do without having God in him. Only someone who has come from God. And how is that belief going over in the synagogue? <laughs> <laughs> Which is why we are here at this hour. 
What else? What have you come here to show us? A kingdom. That is what our rulers are worried about. No, not that kind. Then what? A sort of kingdom that a person cannot see unless he is born again. Born again? Yes. You mean a new creature? A conversion from Gentile to Jewish? No. No, that's not what I'm talking about. Then what is born again? I hope you don't mean return to the womb, because that would be a problem for me. My mother, may she rest in peace, is dead. Truly, I say to you, unless one is born of water and the Spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. That which is born of the flesh is flesh. And that which is born of the Spirit is spirit. That part of you, that is what must be reborn to new life. How can these things be? of Israel, and yet you do not understand this. I'm trying, Rabbi. I know. I know. Do you hear this? What? Listen. What do you hear? The wind? How do you know it's the wind? Because I can feel it. I hear it sound. Do you know where it comes from? No, no, no. Do you know where it's going? No, 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 no. That's what it is to be born again of the Spirit. The Spirit may work in a way that is a mystery to you. And while you cannot see the Spirit, you can recognize His effect. Mind is consumed with thoughts of what a stir these words would cause among the teachers of the law. Yes. That was a clip from the show The Chosen. And I actually really appreciate this dramatic representation of the interaction between Nicodemus and Jesus because it shows a much warmer and meaningful dialogue between them, which sometimes is hard to imagine. It shows us how Jesus gently and respectfully moves Nicodemus to start to see the full revelation of Scripture and the fulfilment of the law in Jesus. Nicodemus would have known the Old Testament scripture very well, and these precious scriptures would have held great authority in his life. Initially, I have read this passage with bias against Nicodemus. Often we're taught that the Pharisee is the baddie who put Jesus to death, but it's never that simplistic, is it? It shows us that when people have genuine questions about life, heavenly or spiritual things, Jesus meets them and warmly invites them into a relationship with him. So maybe when we have deep and meaningful conversations too, we can be equally respectful, meet people where they are at and draw them into the transforming love of Christ. And Nicodemus is truly relatable. Many of us here love scripture and think deeply, but also need reminding that we are to go far deeper with Jesus than just appreciating the scriptures. Jesus wants to be the Lord of our interior life. So what do we do when we're confronted with this mystery? Well, we're to explore and penetrate its background. And in verse 4, 
Nicodemus has taken the first step and Jesus meets him there. Jesus is ready to engage with Nicodemus and wants to explore and open his eyes to the greatest mystery of all, the kingdom of God, a place of belonging. Very I tru- truly I tell you, no one can enter the kingdom of God without being, water, being born of water and spirit. Nicodemus may have looked puzzled, perplexed, curious, eager. Jesus continues, what is born of flesh is flesh, and what is born of the spirit is spirit. Do not be astonished, but what I say to you, you must be born from above. What does it mean to be born again? Born from above by water and spirit. Here Jesus is trying to shift Nicodemus's way of thinking that the Abrahamic birth is the most important or that his earthly lineage is what will save him. Paul in 2 Corinthians 5 verse 17 describes this born again as a new creation that everything old has passed away and that everything is going to become new. And for us in Australia it might require a shift in our worldview or we might think that what we do or what gets us ahead in life, our culture, our relationship status, our employment status, that they're going to save us. But in actual fact, they're old ways of thinking and Jesus wants to rescue us too from this old way of thinking and actually deal with the root problem of humanity, which is our darkness, and to transform our hearts, soul and mind into a new creation. Jesus wants Nicodemus and us to view things through a heavenly lens. Jesus doesn't want to just be the Lord of the temple and come to a place and worship him on a Sunday. He wants to transform our hearts, our soul and mind into a new creation. Jesus wants to be Lord of our interior lives. And incredibly, none of this would have been new to Nicodemus. He knew the scriptures well. He would have known much of it by heart. After all, this new birth and cleansing was what was promised to a scattered, hard-hearted people through the prophet Ezekiel. In Ezekiel 36, 25 to 27, it's prophesied that I will sprinkle clean water upon you and you shall be clean from all your uncleanliness and from all your idols I will cleanse you. A new heart I will give you, a new spirit I will put within you and I will remove from your body the heart of stone And give you a heart of flesh. I will put my spirit within you and make you follow my statutes, and you shall be my people, and I will be your God. Jesus wants Nicodemus to see what is in the scriptures, but view it through a different lens and see that he is the one here prophesied in Ezekiel. Jesus will bring a change of heart, a new spirit, and a new obedience to God. To encourage Nicodemus to go deeper, Jesus used the illustration of the spirit being like the wind. In verse 8, the wind blows where it chooses and you hear the sound of it, but you do not know where it comes from or where it goes. So it is with everyone who's born of the spirit. So if you're a surfer or a sailor or you're waiting for your washing to dry or never dry, you will find this illustration helpful. You can see the wind, but you you can't see the wind, I should say, but you can feel the effects of the wind. And Nicodemus reaches a point of wonder. How can these things be? And maybe it's kind of like this image that was recently taken by the NASA's James Webb Space Telescope. It has delivered the deepest and sharpest infrared image of the distant universe so far. 
And it is teeming with thousands of galaxies, including the faintest objects ever observed in the infrared. Webb's image is approximately the size of a grain of sand held at arm's length, a tiny slither of the vast universe. And within that image, it shows hundreds of completely new stars with every dot of light is a star and jets and bubbles created by them. In here, we can also see details that we cannot yet explain. Just when we thought we knew how big the universe is, and this is like the mystery that Nicodemus is stepping up to, that God's love is bigger and greater and deeper and stronger. In verse 11 and 12, Jesus continues to shift Nicodemus from purely viewing the scriptures in earthly terms, a list of rules to follow, and he's drawing his attention to heavenly things. He wants Nicodemus to step up to this telescope and view life through a different lens. And Jesus has the authority to do this because in verse 13, he is the one who came from heaven. Jesus is the son of man. In verse 14, Jesus uses the scriptures that Nicodemus was very familiar with to illuminate the need for the world's redemption. Yet again, the Israelites had been unfaithful and disobedient to God. As punishment, they were being bitten by snakes and were dying. So in Numbers 21, 7 to 9... This is what happened. People came to Moses and said, we sinned and we spoke against the Lord and against you. Pray that the Lord will take the snakes away from us. So Moses prayed for the people. The Lord said to Moses, make a snake and put it on a pole. Anyone who is bitten can look at it and live. So Moses made a bronze snake and put it up on a pole. Then when anyone was bitten by a snake and looked at the bronze snake, they lived. In these verses, Jesus is comparing and contrasting himself, the saviour of the world, and this incident between Israel and Moses. God, through Moses and the bronze serpent, found a way for the Israelites to be saved. Jesus here is pointing to his death on the cross, which hasn't happened yet for Nicodemus, but it will in John chapter 19. One day, this conversation will be with Nicodemus as he... Um, witnesses Jesus' death with Joseph of Arimathea. Nicodemus would mourn Jesus, dress his body and bury him. One day for Nicodemus, he'd look back on this conversation with a full revelation that Jesus would be lifted up, lifted up on the cross and would die not just for him, not just for Israel, but for the whole world once and for all. This is the sort of mystery we're thinking about in John 3. And in verses 16 to 21, John is illuminating and drawing our attention to the deeper parts of this interaction between Nicodemus and Jesus. God loves us so much. He doesn't want us to remain in darkness. He wants us to have life and wants us to have eternal life. God's message for salvation is for all and God's message of love is for all. It fulfills all the law and prophets. It can change our worldview. It changes hearts and puts a new spirit in us, bringing us out of darkness into God's expansive light. This mystery, God's saving love for us, is expansive, unending, and is for all. And this message isn't here to offend or condemn, particularly even if you don't believe. 
It highlights the reality that we do live in a broken world, we do hurt others, we don't particularly make massive efforts to care for the planet, there is sickness, disease, and death does sting. All of this is known collectively as sin, and, uh, in, and that's a word that has become to be contentious, scoffed, or even dismissed. Yet Jesus came into the world to illuminate the sin in, in this light, and that, that will expose our deeds, because he actually wants to save us from that sting. For Nicodemus, he wasn't particularly a bad person. He was an upright citizen, a respected leader. He kept the commandments, was a teacher. Yet Christ was illuminating to him the need for transformation. So, two things worth reflecting on this week, particularly if you think Jesus wants to be the Lord of your interior life. This is a personal call. What needs illuminating in your life so you can see it in heavenly terms? And this is my prayer for all of us, that we will be drawn deeper into the mystery of knowing Christ, his vast and endless love, that these precious words will dwell in you richly. In Romans 10 verse 9, this is Paul's desire for us. The word is near you on your lips and in your heart, because if you confess with your lips that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you'll be saved. For one believes with the heart and so is justified, and one confess with the mouth and so is saved. Secondly, Jesus is our saviour, and this is a generous invitation to everyone. As Christians, I pray we have the privilege to have deep conversations with our family and our friends and explore with them the mystery of Jesus. May our conversations be like one that Nicodemus and Jesus had, deep and meaningful and transformative. Jesus invites all of us to step up to the telescope and be blown away at the vastness of his love and the mystery of knowing him, for Jesus is the Lord of our hearts.